What's up, party people? Welcome back to the True Transformation Podcast. It's your host, Josiah Novak, and today I have my good friend, John Madsen, on the show. John is a former NFL tight end for the Oakland Raiders. He's a highly sought-after consultant who teaches high-performance individuals and executive teams how to automate championship behavior to get championship results. His clients range from Olympians, MLB players, NFL players, and corporate executives, all the way down to the ordinary dude who wants to win. So John's story is pretty cool. He actually never played a single snap in high school football. And then he went on to play NFL football after playing for one of the most legendary coaches of all time, Urban Meyer at the University of Utah. So John runs a company called Superhuman, and he's here to upgrade your mindset, fitness, and business by 10x in the next 100 days. You can check out everything about John over at johnmadson.com. He's got a podcast too called The Show. It's pretty dope. We, uh, we jump into a lot of things here. If you're a guy who wants to level up with your fitness, want to look good naked, want to take everything in your life to the next level, this is a great episode for you. So sit back, relax, and let's jump into the show with John Madsen. Hey guys, before we jump into the show with John, just a quick heads up. We're starting something brand new. It's called the True Podcast Giveaway. So if you're a subscriber to the True Transformation Podcast, or if this is your first time listening, you have the opportunity for the next two weeks to enter our giveaway. Here's what we're doing. We're giving away every single digital product that I have. Yes, that's right. All the workout programs I've ever written, the Dad Bod Destroyer, the MILF Maker, the Train Twice program, the Barely Legal Crack Cookbook, everything in a package specifically for you to help change your entire life. This package itself is worth $2,000 minimum. Guys in our group, our coaching group, pay upwards of five to 10K to get access to all these things, plus coaching for me. So we're giving away to one lucky listener. Here's how to enter. Screenshot the podcast, post it to Instagram or Twitter or Facebook and tag at Josiah Novak Fit. That's my brand new Instagram, at Josiah Novak Fit. You can also tag my old Instagram, at Josiah Fitness. I'll see it either way. Tag me, share the screenshot of the show, and my team will be tracking the most consistent folks who constantly screenshot the episodes that we put out. Do it every day. Every time you listen to the show, screenshot, tag me, and that's going to help spread this show to all the people who need to hear it. This is going to enter you to win, too. At the end of the month, we'll pick one Lucky winner to win $2,000 worth of digital products, all for free from me for listening to the show and sharing the show with your audience. Thank you so much. Good luck. Let's jump into the show with John Madsen. Welcome to the True Transformation Podcast with your host, me, Josiah Novak. Welcome to the podcast. Here's my daddy, Josiah Novak. Okay, dude, we're... We're live. So, guys, welcome back to the True Transformation Podcast. I have uh, a rock star guest on today. Someone I I consider to be uh, a couple of different things. One, uh, a mentor from afar, uh, because you're killing it, man. Like, you're absolutely dominating. Uh, and someone who I kind of lived through a little bit, wishing I had gotten a chance to play in the NFL. <laughs> my, my main guy, John Madsen. What's up, brother? How are you? Dude, I'm doing good, man. Doing good. And likewise, I follow your stuff. You're one of the true ones in, in the industry that, uh, uh, you know, speaks truth and also lives lives the code at the same time. And so 
I, I have that admiration for you and I'm excited to be here. Oh man, I, I can't say enough good things about the content you put out and also the good things that I hear from your clients, right? People who are connected to you, uh, who just are constantly raving about all the things you put out, all the, the programs you've done and the message that you preach, man, it's, it's, uh, this will be a bro fest for sure, because <laughs> we talk a lot about a, the, a lot of the same philosophies, a lot of the same things, not just in fitness, but in life, period. Uh, and uh, I know those who are watching and listening, I know we have people all over the, the world right now tuning in. Uh, this is going to be really special, man. This is going to be some really valuable stuff today. Yeah, man, I'm excited. I think on uh, on Instagram, real quick, I saw that the, yep. the audio is not working, but we can work. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and jump off of Instagram because for whatever reason the audio is not working. Sorry, Instagram. I'm gonna hop off because I honestly don't know why it's doing that. But guys, if you're listening to the podcast or you're watching live, just write live in the comments right now. And if you're listening to the podcast, make sure you subscribe and also check out John's stuff because he puts out incredible content. If you like my stuff, you'll absolutely love John's content. It's it's spot on. Um, so man, we're we're in a, a time today where I feel like guys like us are, I don't want to say we're, we're becoming extinct, but the message of self-improvement for men and becoming the best version of yourself is starting to become a very unpopular message. It's almost being completely censored out online. And uh, you've been one of the few guys that just, instead of going, all right, I got to tone it down a little bit. I feel like you've got, you've doubled down, man. Like you've, you've yeah. gone all in on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, for my brand or anybody who's building a company, right? You, I think you got to stand for what you stand for. And in today's society or the messaging that's getting thrown around there, I think a lot of people have this really softened approach to wanting to achieve uh, excellence in their life. And, and a lot of that, I mean, specifically speaking, is in their bodies, right? It's like we've been conditioned now to not want to know what it feels like to be elite. And I believe wholeheartedly, look, there's a lot of different coaches that a person could hire in terms of fitness. And we're gonna talk a lot about macros and proteins and carbs and fats. And dude, like the, the ones that know what they're talking about, there's gonna be so much similarity, right? Like if they joined your program or my program, we're, we're, we're really gonna be a lot of there's going to be a lot of similar stuff. Maybe you have a little different, unique take on something, and I do. But ultimately, we're both going to get result, and we're both going to talk largely. 90% of the stuff is going to be very similar. And to anybody in this industry, it's like, how do you then separate yourself? How do you get a person to want to join your movement? And for me, I've always been enamored with this idea that I could become more, that I wanted to progress, that it was okay for me to want to win. And so I just started speaking that message. And what it did is it started to attract the people who's like, dude, thanks for saying that, man. Like, I want to win too. Like, I want to I want to jump on your bus and, and let's go win together. So um, I have kind of doubled down on that messaging while everybody else is just kind of like pumping the brakes and being like, oh, yeah, you know, just, just be average. I just don't like that shit. Yeah, no, totally. It's almost like it's become – it's become a thing to give people a pass, right? Like, oh, you don't have to be in shape, you know, just just start taking care of your health a little bit or just do a just do a tiny little bit because honestly, that's better than the average person and I don't know about you, man, but like personally, I, I like to maximize my potential. 
You know, mm -hmm. I like to show up for the people that I care about as the best version of me. Any less than that and regret starts to creep in pretty quick because you look back and say, man, I missed out on a lot of opportunity. I just could have done just a little bit more. I didn't push myself to the extent where I knew I could have gone. And here I am regretting it. And, and I hate that. That feeling is one of the worst feelings on earth. Um, but dude, like your story though is crazy because you played in the NFL, but you didn't even, you didn't play high school football, right? Or even, did you play college football? Yeah. I played college, no high school. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No high school, which is nuts. Yeah. I was a kid, man. I was a kid that grew up on the, on the baseball diamonds and the basketball courts. I also played football from the time I was 10 years old, but I got into, did you play high school football? A little bit. Yeah. But yeah. So anyways, like I was always a really good athlete, but I went through, I'm six foot five, 230, 235 pounds right now. Yet when I was in high school, I grew super tall and was really, really skinny. And so going from that transition from ninth grade to 10th grade, which 10th grade was actual high school football where, where I grew up, the very first thing that we had to do is go to summer conditioning, right? Which is net, which is normal for all high schools across the United States. And so I went to this very first day of weight training and there were seniors mixed with sophomores. It was the first time I had ever touched really like a barbell for real, an Olympic sized one. And up until that point to that day, like I still felt like I was like the better athlete of all of my little group of friends. But I remember walking in there and the coach going, hey, everybody who's new, you're going to max out on bench, squat and deadlift and power clean. And you're going to put your numbers here so that uh, we have numbers for you to start. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, power clean seems pretty complex and dangerous. Uh, I've never really squatted with a bar on my back. Let's go over to the bench press in the corner over there and see what we can bench. Yeah. And so I got there and out of five friends, I remember 95 pounds, just 25. They were still warming up and it crushes me because I was so scrawny. And they're laughing like boys would, right? They're like, dude, John's so weak and like laughing, right? They're pulling the bar off me. And it was like, I was laughing with them, but it really crushed my confidence really, really quickly. I was like, damn, I started looking around. I'm like, I'm not very big. I'm going to get like, I might get hurt out here. I'm afraid to play football all of a sudden. And so I went home like that night and I said, dad, I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to play football. You know, I think basketball and baseball might be my thing. And he's like, well, what happened? I'm like, well, I went to this weight room. All my friends are stronger than me, but I really like, would you mind working out with me or do you want to buy some stuff? And so my dad, like a good dad, bought a bunch of equipment. We were reading muscle media back in the day with EAS and Bill Phillips and the Denver Broncos and Shannon Sharp and Ed McCaffrey. I was like, dude, those dudes are jacked. I want to be jacked too. So I fell in love with this idea that like, I'm not that yet, but I might be someday, right? And so I loved it, dude. Like I was reading muscle magazines. I was taking creatine. I was like, what do I got to do? Right. I would do anything. And so I got to a point, my dad's like, I can't really help you that much anymore. I'm going to hire a, a trainer for you. And so I got with the strength and conditioning guy that came from the University of New Mexico, huge powerlifting guy. And he used to beat the shit out of me like three days a week, seven to 8 p.m., on the clock. Didn't matter if I had practice that day. Didn't matter if I had two practices that day. I was like, let's go to the gym. And half the time I'd like, we do legs. I throw up, right. He was one of those old school coaches. Like I was getting beat up in there. However, I started to put on muscle and it was like, at, at a certain point, it wasn't even for sport. It was like, now I'm confident talking to high school girls, right? Like I'm not this skinny little kid. I was, but in my mind, 25 more pounds is like, 
significantly different than the scrawny kid I, I was a year ago, right? Funny thing happened is I went from barely being able to dunk a basketball with this training to then being able to like 360 dunk a basketball and my athleticism and speed and everything improved. So then I tied this understanding of like, dude, this, this gym changed my athleticism, changed my confidence. I want to be jacked for, you know, like boys just want to be jacked, not even for sport. Like I, it, it, like I fell in love with it. Right. And so I never went back on the high school football field, although I was increasing my athleticism, I graduated probably 185 pounds at six foot four, still pretty scrawny, right? Comparative, but it was like a big jump from 160. And so I graduated without a single scholarship offer in in basketball and baseball. We didn't have good teams. I thought I was a good athlete, but in my mind, I was like, I'm going to play something. So I went to a junior college and my, my plan was to walk on to the basketball or baseball team. Yet, I got talked into walking onto the football team before those seasons happened because I was like, dude, I'm going to like, I'm going to play something. So football season's first, let's go try that. And I went to tryouts and the coaches are like, Whoa, do not play any more basketball or baseball. If you, if you focus on this, who knows how far you can go? Why? I was six foot four. I could run. I could jump out of the gym. I was highly athletic. Now I just needed to get fat, even more faster, stronger, which I loved anyways, and to learn how to play football. And once I did that, I transferred to the University of Utah, played for Coach Urban Meyer. Alex Smith was a quarterback. We won the Fiesta Bowl and then ultimately lived out that childhood dream of becoming a professional athlete. That's crazy. I mean, so when you went to college and they and you jumped into football right away, what, did you play tight end at first or was it just like, hey, I'm just going to show up. They're going to tell me where to go type of deal. Yeah. six four one eighty five. I was like, I was a receiver in college. Yeah. I didn't play tight end until I got to Oakland. So oh, yeah, when I, when I even, even going into Utah, like my senior year, I was 220 as a wide receiver. So pretty big. Um, and then like my sophomore year, though, was like 200 and then 210 and then senior year was 220. So dude, I wanted to get bigger because I wanted to be like, I like the look, right? Yeah. Like I fell in love with, with the way that Shannon Sharp and all the Denver Broncos used to look when they were talking about lifting weights. So it was like dual purpose for me, which is ultimately, as soon as I got done with the NFL career, I knew what I was going to go into because I had loved this shit since I was 16 years old. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's funny you say that because my my lookalike was Adam Archuleta, right? Mm. I, I just like the guy and his physique and his strength was like insane. And that's what yeah. got me like thinking, okay, yeah, I want to be athletic, but I want to look and perform like that just in life. Like <laughs> I want to be that guy who who's can just lift, you know, you out of the gym and then also look really aesthetic. Yeah, dude, I uh, remember that's, that's crazy though, man. So then you played in at Oakland. Yeah, yeah Archuleta was, was an absolute animal. I think he was benching like five hundred pounds or something. I know, dude. I remember his name because I was like, I was very enamored with that level of strength and performance too. Yeah. So then you knew after, well, I guess, did you, you decided like, okay, when, when you got fully into football and you're playing professionally, you knew in your head, like, as soon as I'm done with this, I'm going to continue on with fitness in some capacity. Is that, that was the thought. Well, I, I mean, up until that point, right. It's like, if, if anybody asked me what I was going to do from junior high school to high school, my answer dead serious would be professional athlete. Mm. And if they 
be crazy. I'd be like, well, dude, somebody's doing it, right? They grew up somewhere. Yeah. I'm human. They're a human. Like, uh, they're doing it. Why not me? Right. So I had that belief system that was kind of built in. That doesn't mean that I always believed in myself though. I've had to really analyze this, this coaching point in myself. I was like, I had the belief that it was possible, but there was multiple times I went to practice and I was like full of doubt, full of insecurity, full of like, I suck. Right. And so sometimes like, I remember speaking on stages and being like, dude, I believe that this, I believed in myself from day one. And then I was like, did I? Cause I remember all days of practice that like, I really thought that I wasn't very good and that I sucked yet. I went out there anyways, because what I did is I had the belief that it was, that it was remotely possible, right? Another human being could do it. So therefore I, as a human being should be able to do it too. That didn't mean that I was never had any type of doubts in my life. And so I just kept showing up right day after day. And then when I ultimately got to the NFL, it was like, I didn't really know what else I was going to do. It was just trying to hang on and make the roster for as long as I could. I got cut going into my fourth year. I was living out in Arizona. I went into a 24 hour fitness again, because I just like to lift anyways. And I watched this trainer take high school kids through a training, uh, a little training deal. And all at once, dude, I was like, I couldn't even work out that day. I was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back home to Salt Lake City. I'm going to open up a performance gym and I'm going to train high school kids because what these kids just did for that hour was wasting their time. Like what mm. like them running, doing little ladder drills and stuff. They're wearing their football shirts. And I'm like, dude, this trainer doesn't get it, man. That's not what these kids need. Not at all what these kids need. So I literally put my house up for sale, moved to Salt Lake City, opened up a gym that was like 10,000 square feet, dumped pretty much all the money I had left from the NFL into this one training facility. And for 10 years in Salt Lake City, I was in this, um, you know, th this gym space where it was a lot of high school kids, which bled into me training NFL combine guys. NFL guys would fly in in their off seasons, Major League Baseball players. So it was in this performance world. Um, and that's where I had that idea, though, sparked by watching a trainer train kids and knowing mm -hmm. like that's really not what they need. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy because um, these days, especially, I mean, the youth, we, we can talk all day about uh, people who are, you know, in their forties and fifties, which we obviously help guys like that uh, primarily, but you know, the youth, man, they're so highly impacted by just, they're, they're like sponges, right? Like they soak up knowledge, they get into things. They're so attentive. And I see with my own boys, like, man, it's like, it's so fulfilling to train these kids, man. Like, and especially when you see, them wasting time and you're like, nah, man, like I want to help them do the right things because they're going to listen, they're going to do it and they're going to latch onto it. And it's going to become a thing for them very quickly. I've seen it just take place every day here in my house, how mm -hmm. they just soak it up, man. I can, and, and honestly, like there needs to be more men out there leading the youth because man, they're just not getting it right. They're not, they're not experiencing the power that is health and fitness. Even if you're not an athlete, right? Like you mentioned earlier, like you start changing your physique and then all of a sudden everything else changes. Like, you know, your confidence in every social interaction starts to improve. Yeah. I mean, and so like there's these trainers out there, right. And they could be like, you know, whatever certification and they're going to be in performance coaches and coach up speed and, and you know, this stuff. Yet I knew I, I had this knowing of like what a teenage boy like ultimately wants. Right. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes like, in books, it's like, yeah, that's a good theory. But in practice, you're missing some of the stuff that like there's 
there's no there's no context and it's so easy to overlook right and so in the mm-hmm. gym like we'd be doing stuff to get them faster and to increase their power and you know i could geek out about training programs and progressions and all the all types of stuff right but we also got jacked we all <laughs> In there, like these these dude, these kids. Some of them are playing on Sundays now. They're in the NFL. I got them when they were eighth grade in this little warehouse gym. Ultimately, I had to move into a different story. I had a beautiful gym, and then I downgraded because I didn't know how to run a business. So there was a moment where we had a dungeon style gym where I got a hold of a couple eighth graders, and they're playing on Sundays today. But I have pictures of them, and they had their you know shirts off. And we're, you know, we're training biceps and we're training all types of stuff where another performance coach could come in and be like, dude, why are you doing that? And I'm like, well, you don't get it. You never played. You don't know what it feels like to to look a certain way and feel good about yourself. And that translates into more than your, your book smart type of training. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, totally, man. There's the intangibles and the things that uh, you almost can't write in a book because it just, it's until you've experienced it you don't even know like how it fits in and it's just, it does. Right. Like, so like if you look better, you get out on the field and you play better. Like I always, whenever I play any sport, I always paid really attention, like close attention to my uniform. Right. Like I'd want everything to be crisp and look nice and I would play better because I just felt more like fully prepared. Everything was dialed in. And when I started to improve my physique, I played better too because I looked better in my uniform and I wanted to get out there and like, show off <laughs> you know i was more focused and yeah. i don't know like, things like that uh the yeah the, the the big time you know performance nerds and all that they're you know that stuff's great but there are things that get missed in the whole in the whole formula look good feel good play good dude we used to say yeah. that all the like we exactly. go out there and like if we could we'd be curling rubber bands before the game to go out there oh, and yeah. like wristbands right and like people that played or, or like had that desire, like we we get it and we can laugh about it. And people that never play don't really fully understand that, right? And yep. so what I do now too with guys and part of the reason, like I'll tell people like, I'm not gonna be the best, I'm not gonna say that I'm the best nutrition guy in the whole entire world. There are some people with PhD behind their initials that they understand it at even a different level than me. I know plenty to get you jacked and shredded, right? But I'm not gonna go out there and say, I'm the, I'm the very best at this. Training program, same thing. I can geek out about writing training programs. However, I'm not going to go out on the ledge and be like, I'm the greatest. I'm like, that's my zone of genius. My zone of genius is getting guys to buy into the fact that they want it, to give them permission to win. So it's more like I'm going to I'm going to spend a lot of my energy there because if I can't make you want it, all that other stuff doesn't matter. Right. And so going back to the look good, feel good, play good. I say that all the time in the program for guys who are business guys who walk into a room and I'm like, you know how much more effective you'd be if you walked in with a certain presence and a super and a, and a certain charisma and a certain magnetism because you looked and felt so fucking good in that suit that everybody could feel it. Like you're going to have more influence. You're going to have more persuasion and life's going to be easier. Buy into yeah. that. That's why it's important. And Sometimes they never thought about it like that, but it's the same thing you said, like in the uniform, like I want that crispy. I want to look good. I want to feel good. And I want to ultimately play good. Same thing in life. Absolutely. Yeah. I tell guys, you know, you know, that feeling you get when you're watching a movie and a super Jack guy comes on screen and that feeling in your stomach, that's like, Ooh, that guy's 
something's something's different about that guy, <laughs> right? Like that guy's got it. You know, mm -hmm. I want to, I want that. That yeah. feeling is something you can then translate into your own life. You could literally be that guy. Yeah. You can walk into the room and people go, whoa, whoa who's yeah. that guy? You know, because it's real. Like nobody can deny it. Yeah. You feel it when you see it and you're like, oh man, that's something I don't have or that's something I want. It's a natural desire. Um, so how do you, how do you get guys who are successful in let's say business or their career and they have families and they've done well for themselves but they've completely ignored the health and fitness side. How do you get them to believe in the fact that they are capable of doing it? What are some of the things you do with those guys? Yeah. So, so usually there's like a couple belief systems that we're all going to have. Right. And there's the one that's usually not that prevalent, but it, it, it could be, and I'll give you an example. Like you could believe that something's not possible. Right. And, if you believe, if enough people believe that it's not possible, then it's going to be really hard for a person to break through that belief. Four minute mile, right? So mm. forever, that wasn't a thing that was that was humanly possible. So nobody could do it, right? They 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 actually believed, and doctors believe that you know if a person did that, they probably they would probably die. There wasn't enough capacity. Well, mm. Roger Bannister broke through it, and then two weeks later, another person came through and did it, and then you know hundreds of people could do it, right? So in fitness, it's not usually that a guy doesn't believe that it's possible. They they do understand that, like, well, other people are doing it, right? And so the belief is that you know they can't do it because insert excuse, right? And people will die for their excuses. So what I try to do, and what what if we've been in the game long enough, like you have and I have, there's endless stream of examples, right? So they no longer have the ability to say, well, John, I know you can do it. You were a professional athlete. Like, obviously you can do it. Or Josiah, you can do it. Like you're, you're in fitness. You don't understand. It's like, well, what about Jake here? Jake, I just posted his story on my Instagram. And it's like, dude was away for two weeks every single month for six months eating cafeteria food and he went from just this average looking guy to a savage. What about that? Oh, well his, and they could insert another excuse. And I'm like, well, what about Mike here? Mike was in the same profession as you sales traveled all the time. It's like, Oh, right. And so as a coach, sometimes you need to pull examples that are not you that, it, that a person can like instantly know like, Oh dude, that person could do it. Because even in business, right? Like I needed my belief broken that I could achieve certain amount of business in the fitness industry. If I didn't see anyone do it, that's a hard mountain to climb, right? Totally. I'm like, I need to see somebody who's actually doing this amount of revenue so that I know that it's possible in this industry. Because even me was like, oh, one of, you know, an online business could do 100K a month, but. I only see people doing that who's selling business consulting, who's selling B2B, right? Yep. Selling on how to make more money. And I'm like, well, I'm selling to the consumer. So how could I do that? And so I searched high and low for examples of somebody that could be like, oh yeah, dude, that's easy. I'm doing it. And then I could say, oh, well, I can do it too. But I needed that example, you know? Totally. Yeah. It's same, same experience for me. You know, um, actually you were one of the people that helped me break through that barrier of like, yeah. Okay, you know, making I thought making six figures was like kind of the ceiling 
for you know guys in our space right where it's like there's only so many people i can help because it's online and you know blah 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 blah. people want i had so many excuses you know mm -hmm. people want a trainer and my time is limited and all this stuff and then it's like you it's like you just don't know what you don't know right yeah. It, yeah. it's that unconsciously unconscious thought of like i just don't know what i don't know and then you realize you you don't know things and you're you're aware of what you don't know <laughs> and then you start to learn and then all of a sudden you're like oh this is this is the system. This is the, the success leaves clues moment, right? This yep. is the path. Uh, that's huge. Yeah. So what does it mean to then to, because obviously all that's great, but then someone who comes into your program wants, they, they want to be the total package and you call it the superhuman, but what does that mean exactly? Yeah. So we rebranded, right? My, my previous company I named, and that was just kind of a program was Athletic AF, which was, was a cool representation of what we what we wanted to be about. But as a company grew, I wanted to represent this idea that like, I wanna become this, this almost superhero type of dad who does really good in business, who has his fitness dialed in, right? Who has the feeling like we talked about earlier in this show. And so superhuman was something that um, in the dictionary, supra, like the, the definition is going to be not comparable to an ordinary human. So again, as we chase excellence, I'm like, let's separate ourselves from the pack. Let's be great in all areas and not sacrifice all the other ones in the name of one thing, right? Because getting into my program, like most guys are not trying to win bodybuilding shows. If they were trying to do that, I would probably send them somewhere else because that's just not what I'm into fitness for. And there would be, you know, we could coach them through that, but it's really not my lane, right? Like I want, I want the business guy, the dad who wants to crush, you know, money and wants to improve relationship with wife and wants to be there for the kids all the while representing winning in himself all at the same time, right? So if that means we're eights and nines across the board, I'd rather be that than a 10 winning a bodybuilding show and then having zero relationships and zero time for anything else. To me, that's not really, I'm not inspired for that at this point in my life, you know? So superhuman then is a representation of like what you could become if you chased excellence in both your body, your business, your relationship with your wife, your spirituality, and like become that best version of you. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's what every guy deep down, at least the guys who, pursue excellence. I, I tell guys all the time, you know, the, the successful men at different careers or business, you know, truth be told, I know they want that same level of success in their marriage with their kids, with their body, with their spirituality. They, they want that. And for whatever reason, fitness oftentimes gets kind of kicked to the curb uh, because it's just the one thing that does require you to be selfish in a good way. Uh, mm -hmm. There's so many other things pulling your time and energy in other directions that you just eliminate that because that doesn't serve the other people. Um, what do you prescribe for most guys without obviously getting into all the customized details and stuff like that? But what are some of the things that guys can start to implement right now who are like, John, yeah, that's me, man. I, I want that. Where do I start? Yeah, yeah, dude. Such a good question, too. I always say, look, single guys, that shit is easy, right? <laughs> It's like, <laughs> yes. you're not married, but the hardest person I, I've said this in a video, like the hardest person to get jacked is a successful guy who's married and has a couple kids who lives in a good neighborhood, 
and drives a couple nice cars, right? Because the need, it's no longer a need. It's like, if you're single and you're trying to find a mate, it's intrinsic to be like, I'm going to puff out my chest and like my feathers are more beautiful than that, that guy's right. So it's like, you're trying to aesthetically be attractive. Like that's, an, that's, that's a natural thing, right? Obviously, you know, a lot of other things play a part, but like, what if you have everything that's pretty good, but you're a guy who's six feet tall and 250 pounds or even 240 pounds, not like your doctor's telling you that, look, John, you get like, if you don't change, man, your blood pressure, your cholesterol, it's going to end bad for you. You're, you're not that guy, right? Doctor's like, you're pretty healthy, man. You work out three or four times a week doing good. You, you eat clean. You're trying intermittent fasting. You're doing all this other stuff. Good, good job. But, but how I get them, dude, is I, as I able to set the frame in a way where I create massive tension within them. And the, and there's, there's, uh, magic to this because if I can't get this person to acknowledge the truth of where he is at, then I have no chance. It doesn't matter what I prescribe as far as nutrition or training. They're already training. They're already trying to eat clean. They're just still not elite. And so what I try to do to create this tension is like snapshot right now. Like if you were to go up into your bathroom and you took off your shirt and you took a picture would you have four abs? Would you have two if you flex really hard? Maybe maybe two if the lighting was perfect and you flex and it was like you can make yourself look a certain way? Or like, are you just 230 pounds of average, like average, average dude right now? Maybe a little bit better than your friends. And if I can get them to like view that reality as like, oh shit, like I was delusional about where I was really at. Like, mm. I'm average right now, right? I'm average. And then I can paint the picture of this other character that we can create, the best version of you, the way that that person walks into a room and has a custom tailored suit on, if that's what you wear to work or just walking or walking in the airport, right? And it's like that tension on both sides is needed for movement, right? Mm. If I'm just talking about how good it would feel to have abs, like there's not a lot, like, even though that desire, someone could be drawn to it, there's not enough tension of like the gap between where they're at and where they need to be. So like, before we do anything, like all of my marketing is pretty much centered on that one, like that one frame, you're really average and people don't like it, dude. I get hater. I get so much hate. I know right? you <laughs> and so, But it's I mean, work the political stuff, it's like, people just want to like jump down your throat. But even like in financial, right? Like I'll join something and like people could look at, be like, dude, same thing. Like flip open your bank account right now. Like mm -hmm. show me, not what you feel about it. Like show me and be like, dude, you're, you're so average. You're so average, right? And then you look at guys who like have this other, this life that you want to chase and pursue. Like I need that tension for myself to get me to keep on chasing it, right? Yeah. So I think it's really important for everybody listening is like you need the reality and then you need to create what you want. And that tension has got to be kind of pulled. It's got to be tight, right. To get you to move. And so let's just say someone comes in, they like the message and they're like, dude, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Then it's a matter of focusing on the 10% of things in fitness that are going to yield 90% of the result. Right. Mm -hmm. Because most of these guys are not couch potatoes. Just being like, I don't give a shit. I don't like, I don't have anything for that type of person. Right. I can only, like I can only spend my energy where it's going to be most useful. So 
the guy that is not that is usually, like I said, exercising, going to Orange Theory, riding Pelotons, doing something, right? Yet what they're doing doesn't match up to what they want. So if I ask this person, like, what do you really, like, what do you want out of this? And they're like, well, dude, I want a six pack. I want to be, I want to be, you know, kind of jacked and I want to do this. It's like, well, all of the stuff you're doing over here may seem like you're putting effort in, but it's, it's an approach that you're doing 90% of you're, you're spending your energy on the 90% that's going to yield 10% of the reward. So let's just refocus your energy on the 10% that's going to be 90% of the outcome. And that alone is going to just be magnificent for results. Simple things, right? It's like, well, how many calories should I be actually eating, right? Mm-hmm. Most people come in, they're like, I want to build muscle, lose fat at the same time. Okay, right? But it's like, how about we choose a strategy and focus, go all in on it for 12 to 16 weeks and then, you know, shift strategy, right? So usually guys are just confused about what the actual outcome is. And usually, right, if we get them in touch with that reality, it's like, cool, we need to strip off. You think you only need to lose 10 pounds. We actually need to take off 30. Yep. We're going to get down, right? And so here's how many calories you need to eat. Here's how many grams of protein you need to eat. Do you, would you rather have fat in your diet or are you more of a carb person? Let's, let's decide that because that's, you know, that's majoring in the minors. If I can detail that for you, but I'd rather you do something that's easier for you. Right. So it's like dialing that stuff in. And then usually it's like real simple stuff. Guys will come in and they're used to eating like 75 grams of protein in a full day and they're 200 and they're 200 pound men. And you're like, dude, like we need to fix this. And then we can, kind of stair step out right same thing as training right like there's a lot of ways we could lose weight if if weight loss is the goal there's a much fewer the road's much narrower if you want to look like king leonidas or a spartan right you got to not do orange theory you got to stop doing your little group fitness classes with you know some dumbbell stuff and it's like you've got to train a certain way right now if you don't want that that's cool like we can lose weight a bunch of different ways but if you want that, then it's going to take a, a different approach. And I think that, you know, it's not complicated. It's not rocket science, but I don't expect these guys to know what we know because that's not their industry. That's not been their life's work. Right. So same thing, like we, we could go and, you know, need help with a multitude of di- different stuff for our business. And a person's like, dude, why are you focused on all this stuff? Like this focus on this and we'll, and we'll win so much more. And once you master it, let's, Let's graduate. Totally. Yeah. It's the more I dig into business, because I'm by no means, you know, I have friends and peers who think I'm like a business expert. I'm so not. I'm a fitness guy, right? And fit and business has had, had to become my my learning passion, right? I've had to become a, a student of the game, a lifelong student of the game. Same with fitness too, but there's so many similarities, right? There, there's there's a process for things. There's, like you said, the 80-20 rule where 20% of what you do is going to give you 80% of the results. Narrow down your focus. Stop trying to chase 10 different rabbits at once, right? You're never going to get any of them in that in that, in that way. Uh, and ultimately, give it time too, right? Because a lot of this stuff is like compound interest. Yeah. You know, it's like I, I made a tweet today. I said, you know, getting in shape is like when you make popcorn. You know, initially, you're like, nothing's happening. <laughs> I turned it on and this minute goes by and you're like, dude, I think it's broken. This mm-hmm. isn't, and that's where people quit, right? And then just a little bit longer, and all of a sudden it goes crazy. 
Yeah. And it's like an, a light bulb moment after light bulb moment after light bulb moment. You're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize this is, oh, this makes so much sense. And then it's just, it's a downhill slope from there. You're like, oh man, this is easy now. It gets yeah. so much easier. Same with business, right? It gets mm-hmm. easier over time because you realize just a few major things and then you hire out for all the other stuff yeah. that you don't know how to do. So yeah. how do you keep guys disciplined inside of this, this process, right? Because a lot of guys are listening going like, oh, yeah, I could, t- I could totally do that for like four weeks. But, John, you just said 16 weeks. How am I going to stick to something like this for that long? Like, how does that work? Because I'm going to – I have so much going on. I got to travel. I got this and that, right? How, how do you keep them focused on the, on the plan? Yeah, man. I think that, you know, one of the things of being a leader or influential or the reason you and I do this business is because – you have to you have to have major influence to get a person to buy in especially the more you ask them to buy in you know our program really um we try to make people commit to a full year because Mm -hmm. you know in fitness like look we can do we can go through a diet phase in 12 weeks we'll get you know depending on where you're at who knows where we're going to get but a year is going to not only get you an amazing result it's also going to give you an understanding so that you get off of this roller coaster of like lose 20, gain 20, right? There's a whole process that comes after a diet phase that you should go through that, um, you know, we try to get that buy-in up in, in the beginning and that understanding so that A, we can we can get a better result, but B, so that you don't need to buy any other programs. You kind of know what you need to know for the rest of your life. Now, you know, what do we do to keep that buy-in super strong? You know, I feel like that's my job to be like this lighthouse of the brand to lead from the front, right? It's like, look, I'm not done. I'm still like, I'm I'm a natural, you know, guy in the gym who's pretty close to 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 maxing out genetic potential as far as like I went from 160 pound frame to 250 in the NFL, and like I sit at like 230 that's relatively really good shape. Now I go to the gym and it's like, those gains are like, it's like, mm-hmm. half I'm just trying to, to mitigate muscle loss, right? I'm, a, I'm 38 years old. So I'm pushing in there, getting better at like a snail's pace because a beginner can go, Shh. it's like, dude, that's fun to me. Like that's easy to be motivated. But what if you're now, it's just who you are. Like I'm going in there out of pure enjoyment and consistency because it's a part of me, right? If I let it go, my body and my image that I've worked so hard to craft kind of dissipates a little bit. So I think to answer your question, like I'm leading from the front and I'm making a person fall in love with the idea of the person they could become. Mm. And that never ends. That's not, that's not six weeks, definitely. It's not 16 weeks and it's not even a year. It's from John, 38 years old, to the time I take my last breath, right? Yep. That's what I'm going to chase. And so physicality in that, you know, when you're 90, you're not going to be throwing 500 pounds on your back squatting, obviously, but I'm still going to chase excellence at whatever age I'm at, because that's just part of my standard. It's not a goal anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like, once you, once you go from goal to standard, I think you level up a little bit where like that a standard is different. A goal like drives you to hit it, but then what? Right? Totally. Yeah. Plus, there's like, I totally agree with you on that because we got to get out of this cycle of I'm in two phases. One is I care. The other one is I don't give a shit. 
<laughs> That's fitness, right? Mm-hmm. That's why New Year's resolutions are such a big marketing point because people really don't care half the time. And then for a few months out of the year, they say, all right, I got to I gotta do something about this, right? And then it fizzles out and it starts all over. It's the definition of insanity. It's doing the same thing over and over again every year, expecting things to change. It never works. Mm-hmm. So when we commit to longer periods of time and continually hit the message home that this is not a race, it's not a marathon, it's not a sprint. It mm-hmm. is a way of living the rest of your life. Because mm-hmm. I don't know a time ever that's going to come unless we turn into robots or something or with the zombie apocalypse happens where we're not going to care about our health. Mm-hmm. There's never going to be a time. I'll be 95 years old. I'm still going to want to be healthy. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. I think it shifts as you grow. But like if I was to ask you today, right, why do you go like you probably don't lift the way you do to be healthy? No, 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 not at all. I, right. I well, part of me, right? Part you of me. Do, yeah. I'm saying it's not nothing, but like, yeah. Yeah. I live so that I can, you know, be the the father figure uh, that I want to be for my boys, right? That's really why I do it. You know, I go in the gym and I, I look to my right and I see a dad training with his, you know, 12-year-old son. And I go, man, I can't freaking wait. Like that, that's going to be me. You know, I my kids are already starting to, to do jujitsu and boxing and stuff, but that's going to be me. Like the dad who my kids don't have to go anywhere else. I'm going to encourage them, you know, go seek out other mentors, obviously, because I don't know everything, but I want to be that pillar, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, I also want my wife to want to have sex with me. Yeah, <laughs> That's the big, I don't want my wife looking at the the sexiest man alive or whoever they, they choose uh, to be on the covers of magazines and go, oh man, wouldn't it be great if my husband looked like that? I want her to be like, you know what, babe, like that guy, he's, he's attractive, but like you're, you could kick his ass. Like, <laughs> It's so important, dude, that, and see, this is my whole point and like why I spend so much time creating the content that I do, because I mean, there's only so many different ways we can slice up a fat loss phase for people. It's like, well, it depends on a whole lot of stuff for, for specifics, right? So we can be general, but then we get so bored of talking about it. I spend so much time crafting this idea that it's okay to want to look good just for the sake of that, call it band, right? And it's like, I go to the gym, like I do want, like health is very important to me, right? But I'd be lying to every single person that I ever talk about fitness to, if I didn't have a strong driver to to have an aesthetic look that I'm super proud of, right? And so the hardest person to convince that, that to get into shape is a person that either A, truly doesn't care right and maybe they don't care because they overcompensate with making so much money that it's like hey like you know i don't need to be fit i just make this much money right but you know when that person would care is if they went to cabo or mexico or the bahamas and they were next to somebody who had the same amount of money and was jacked so it's not either or anymore be like they'd look at john and be like oh Dude makes X amount of money and he has eight abs too. Fuck. Like I gotta Ooh. like I'm not doing it, right? So it's it's this awareness. But um I think a lot of men, especially, have bought into this idea that when they're married and they have a wife and they're pretty happy and they have some kids and they're busy at work making money, that this physical they don't need the physicality anymore. And to me, like it's an intrinsic desire that like won't die in me. 
right? It's like animalistic that like, I want that power and strength and I care about it. And so I think in my experience that I've been, I've been able to kind of remove those layers from men and remind them that that was what they, that, that is truly something they care about. Right. They just have a really hard time admitting it for whatever reason. Like society has been like hypnotize them into acting like they don't care. So I think most people that think they don't care actually do, if you can reach them. And then there are maybe 10% of dudes who's like, dude, I really don't, I don't care. And it's like, dude, cool. My job isn't to convince you to care then, right? I'll move on to the people that I, that, that like is influenced by what I say. And then I'll, I'll keep digging in there and keep giving them permission to win so that we can move. It's funny though, because I've been in those, those scenarios at, at uh, resorts and beach vacations where I've been around guys who make, you know, $500 million a year mm-hmm. and you get, you get a couple of drinks in them and guess what? They're, they're in your ear all night. Oh man, I got to get in the gym. Oh man, this is crazy. Like stay away from me, man. You're making me look bad. Like yeah. I've had these scenarios all the time and trust me that desire. I, I know it doesn't go away. Look at Conor McGregor. Like the dude is the richest athlete in the world. Floyd Mayweather too. These guys, they keep in shape, not because I mean, yes, they fight and everything like that, but they're constantly showing off their physique, mm-hmm. right? If you go to their Instagrams and stuff, they're constantly shirtless. They're constantly flexing for the gram. They're constantly talking about how strong they are and how, how much they could kick your ass. Like, and they have all the money in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. If it was like a money thing or a wife thing, or I think Mayweather has like 20 wives, but like <laughs> if it was just that type of stuff, as men, physicality has always been a thing. Going back to biblical times, like being a strong physical male specimen has been on the on a pedestal. It's something that we've always wanted. Just over the past probably 50 years to 100 years, maybe it's gone to this thing that is now uh, you should feel guilty for wanting. Or, you know, it's it's uh, not as important as what you put on the table or your credentials or your LinkedIn profile or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it become like this. I, I don't I don't know if it is just this this mental disease that's taken over for some half the population. But ultimately, it's still in there. It's mm-hmm. still in there. Even if you got to dig, I guarantee it's still in there if you're a guy at some level. Yeah. Maybe you don't want to be Jay Cutler or Ronnie Coleman or these big bodybuilder dudes that are roided out. But like naturally, you want to be a guy that's, you know, Troy, Brad Pitt, right? Fight Club, like all these physiques that we see that we're like, yeah, dude, like that's, I mean, why do people worship The Rock? Is it because he's such a great actor? No, he's a, he's an awful actor. He's okay, but like he's not, he's not making, he's not winning an Oscar. It's because mm-hmm. he's a freaking specimen because mm-hmm. <laughs> he but exudes confidence. Yep. Dude, that's good. Agree a hundred percent, man. It's, 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 you got to get the buy-in. That and anybody listening, you know, you have you have to create that buy-in with within yourself, and you have to really analyze um, that leverage with yourself. Whether like because without it, there is no movement, right? It's like you just stay you stay in this average zone, and you just years go by, and it gets harder. So, you know, as coaches, like part of our job is to influence that desire. And going back to what I said earlier is like also making them very in tune with like where that gap is, you know, that that's a, that's hard for a lot of, a lot of people to do because, you know, it's, it's easy to talk about what we're great at in like the, the training and the, and the macros and the nutrition plan. But again, if, if you don't have that buy-in from somebody, 
like what what good is it right they'll do it for two weeks and and then not do it right and then wonder they'll know they should do it but they don't do it so like how how do we how do we reach that point where it's like they're magnetized towards actually becoming this this ultimate version of themselves absolutely man yeah this is incredibly powerful stuff i mean i know people who are watching or listening or who end up watching and listening to this, uh, especially the guys out there who, you know, they feel that tug, you know, it's like, man, I, I gotta do something like, I, you know, this is, this is the type of uncomfortable conversation that you need to have with yourself. Um, I think too, man, and you probably agree, like it's, it's such a powerful thing to surround yourself with other guys who are in the same journey, right. Mm -hmm. that, that it's contagious. The, the desire to get better. Like when I, like there's a reason why I only pay attention to certain people online. Like I, I watch your stories. I read your posts. Cause it's not just cause they're good. Like they are good, but it's because I know I want to feed myself the nourishment from other people that are doing the same thing that I'm doing. Right. I'm trying to pursue greatness at this level. It's important to surround yourself with other people like that. Get involved with groups of guys who are doing this thing. It's contagious, man. It is man. When, and that's like, in business and and fitness right in all in all aspects like you have to sort you absolutely must create this network of individuals who you it's not a competition thing it's like a instead of instead of how most people do it where they're trying to climb and people are trying to pull them down it's like you get a group of people moving in the same direction it's like that that momentum that builds and that wanting you to win and you cheering for other people to win that's a really fun place to be in. That's a really, really fun place to be in because, you know, if you don't intentionally build that network and build that group and build that environment, then by default, you're usually back into that lower level type of thinking, which is, you know, win-lose situations, competition, you trying to ascend, other people trying to pull you down. And it's just like, you've got to rise above that if you want to move fast. Absolutely. And I, I look at it too, like when I see somebody else in my space succeed, who I respect, that gives me encouragement, mm -hmm. right? Because there's mil dude, there's so many people to help out there. Like and no matter what you do, whatever business you're in, there's unlimited potential. There's no ceiling, truth mm -hmm. be told. I mean, you can go out and do whatever you put your mind to doing. If it's billions of dollars, if it's billions of clients, like whatever you want, it's possible. But there's a piece for all of us out there and a big one at that. Mm -hmm. But when I see somebody else succeed, that gives me that thought of like, ah, oh, man, it's possible, right? Like, oh, all I got to do is keep going. I got to keep going because this this dude did it. Like, he's crushing it. It's not taken away from my business. I, that just means that there's proof that it works. I got to go out and do it. And yeah. when other guys, you know, are involved with other men who are in this pursuit, it should be an encouraging. It should light you up and get you out of bed a little faster, right? Like, oh, yeah, this, this guy did it, man. I can do this. It's great. It's proof that it works. Yeah, there's this, you know, scarcity versus abundance type thinking. And I, I know when I was struggling, like I wouldn't look at it that way. It was like more of this envy and jealousy. And I, I hated this part of me that, that felt like this, but I'd be lying if I said it wasn't there. I'd look at people and I'm like, dude, like, how was he doing that, man? Like I like, and it wouldn't be this inspiration. It would be this negative type of emotion. And when you're scarce, you don't get to enjoy abundance, right? That's a good self-check. Like, are you are you truly happy for people when they win or are you envious because you want to win too, right? And and I remember going through those feelings of being like, why am I why why do I feel this jealousy, right? Because I wasn't I wasn't winning the way that I wanted to win.
And when you shift into that true abundant type mindset, it's, it's like life, life is easier. Like mm. it, it truly is. It, like you just said, it's like, I'm inspired by people who are doing the same as me or more than me. And I'm like, I'm in a hurry to want to run with them. Right. And so that motivation is super high. And I think it goes back to that tension conversation that I just had where what you're doing is you're taking inventory of where you're at comparison to this other person and you're creating tension within that's going to allow you to, to then move, right? It's like you're very aware of where you're at so that then you can chase down what is inspiring to you. And that's, dude, that's super important, but it's very different than the scarcity type of mindset, which is I'm jealous, I'm envious, I want that guy to lose and, uh, you know, all in the, all for the sake of making you feel a little bit better about yourself, right? Totally. Yeah, man. Man, this is great chatting with you, dude. I feel like we could talk about this stuff for hours. Uh, I know there's people who want to connect with you. May, believe it or not, not have heard of you before. <laughs> What's the best way to get in touch with you, man? How do people connect with with your, uh, your message and what you have going on? Yeah, dude, I think Instagram's probably the easiest way. Uh, John Matson official on Instagram. I try to be as, you know, engaging on there as, as possible. So you guys want to reach out to truly appreciate you just, you know, allowing me to speak to your audience. Um, johnmatson.com is a, is a good place to get podcast info. Like you, I've done a podcast, uh, have about 176 episodes or so already. And my format, I started out as just being single, like a, like a, you know, not interview style, just 100% 20 minutes of me. And I'm going to shift moving forward into a couple interviews. So I'd love to have you on in the future too. Um, I just, I chose that format for the first little while so that I could get used to speaking. But um, sure. yeah, those two places, man. You've had your wife on the podcast. <laughs> those are the best, dude. Those are the best episodes. Dude, me, so my wife and I have a different one that we started together. That's just- oh, okay. My, like mine serves one purpose and that's like for my business and just kind of a monologue of like what I want to cast my message. We have a completely different one. that's husband, wife. We're like, what do we like to talk about? We like to talk about fitness and money and uh, you know, our marriage. And she was a broadcast news anchor for 10 years. And so oh she's God. used to being like, kind of like a, you know, in this co-host type of deal. And she's hilarious, man. She keeps <laughs> She'll say stuff and I'm like, dude, I can't even, I don't even know where to go, you know? So it's good. <laughs> those are the best, man. Those are, those are so funny. The clips you post are hilarious. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's awesome, awesome, man. Well, hey, dude, I, I know you're a super, super uh, busy guy, or at least you, you, you're, you value your time. So I appreciate you spending some of it with us, man. Uh, make sure you guys connect with John. If you like my content, you'll absolutely love his. Uh, so make sure that you, uh, you check it out and subscribe to what he's got going on. Any final thoughts, man? Appreciate you jumping in. Yeah, dude, that's it. I mean, anybody listening, I'd say, look, here's always my final thought, right? And it's not a plug. It's just truth. Going back to the scarcity and abundance mindset, there's, there's one thing that has led me to ascend much faster in everything that I've done over the past couple of years. There's a certain type of person that will save all of their money and spend all of their time, right? And that's the slow way to do it. If you guys are thinking about fitness or, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it in the fitness context. It's like, sure, you can Google weight loss. You can go to YouTube and get tons of free information. I have 170 something episodes talking about this stuff. Josiah has a ton of content and books written about this stuff, right? 
there's nothing wrong with, with doing it that way. If that's the way you want to do it, the highest achievers and performers that I've ever known and continue to work with, they have this alternate type of uh, viewpoint and they'll spend their money to save massive time. Time is, time is a resource that we don't get back, right? So if I wanna know about business stuff, I literally will pay a person to go and know exactly what I need to know to get it done fast. The fastest way from point A to point B is in a straight line, not zigzagging around. So if you're the type of person that's been thinking about like doing something, business or fitness, my advice to you is to find somebody you have confidence in, spend your money and save yourself an enormous, like an enormous amount of time, right? I had a conversation today just to, to drive this point home, 15 minutes about a business concept about raising equity for a different project that literally could have taken me 10 years to learn what I learned in a 15 minute conversation from somebody who's built uh, you know, nine figure plus business and done this multiple times, right? Mm -hmm. He was driving and he, I wrote five pages of notes and learned more in 15 minutes than I could have Googled and YouTubed and done a bunch of stuff. Same thing goes for fitness, same thing goes for anything that you want. If you wanna do it faster, it would, it would serve you to switch into this other type of mindset, which is I'm gonna spend money and I'm gonna save myself time, right? Because over time, the ROI on that stuff is just exponential. So. I'll, I'll leave you guys. Dude, that's incredible. Yeah. I always say cash collapses time, right? Mm. If you want to, time is something we'll never get back. There's no time machines, but we can always go earn more cash, spend some money, save some time. Dude, that is, man, that is something I, I need to remember more too, because I find myself going down the rabbit hole of learning little things. I'm like, dude, I could have just spent 500 to a thousand bucks for an hour of someone's time. And this is, this is a done deal. <laughs> it's better than six days it takes me. So, man, that's powerful, bro. I really appreciate you, man. Continue to do what you're doing. Uh, you're making a big difference. And uh, just glad that we're connected, brother. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Talk soon. Yep, bye. Thank you for listening to the True Transformation Podcast. Don't forget to leave us a rating and a review and subscribe to the show. True Transformation.